Wow. Maybe we should start by saying hi. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's been it's yeah. been like what four months now? Has mm. it been? September eighteenth was the last oh, episode. Wow. So And that was last uploaded as well. That was last, last uploaded. Yeah. yeah. Not last recorded. We did do a bit of recording, but it didn't really make the cut, did it? Well not yet at least. No, well it's not going to, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. Um, so basically we had like like two one and a half to two episodes recorded. So just just for everyone's context. Um and then censorship. That and like <laughs> really just um concerns of you know, the content was well, either sensitive or I don't know, like not comfortable with everyone kind of releasing it. So we've kind of put it off. It's still mostly edited, actually. So it's it in can, the works. It can still come out if we ever feel comfortable releasing it. But for the moment, yeah, it's a bit offline. But Un- that's right. Until the Illuminati reveal themselves <laughs> as the true overlords, it's it's gonna be hidden under wraps. Yeah, but yeah, it's been a few months and oh, so much to catch up on. Um, do we wish to catch up? Do we wish to? Do we? Ca- what is there to catch up on? We moved out. True. Oh, god sh- damn. We do. <laughs> Fucking moved out. <laughs> we live together now. So <laughs> we're that's, on, Yeah, that's an update. We used to do these um the the recordings all online and such, and then mm. you know, I mean, now we don't. We're all sitting in our new living room. We've oh. been here for two months. Yeah. And uh, some of our close. You know, people around us have said that they wanted more podcasts, which reminded us to tear away from the busyness of our lives and get back to doing what we enjoy, which mm. is this. I guess that's the main update, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, moving us, probably the main one. Yeah, so all together, we have one microphone, so hopefully this works out. Our audio should be a bit more synced and easier. If multiple people are talking, I can't cut people out now, so... <laughs> You need ML. True. Machine science. learning. You can do that once you do that. Sorry, it sounds more natural like this, maybe. Yeah, I mean, don't have too much of an agenda. There is one thing we probably can start off. The first thing was just that we actually got a question soon after our second episode. Actually from one of our friends, but they were asking, Hey guys, loving the podcast. Noted that you, as you spoke, you all seemed to share a very success-driven entrepreneurial mindset that is you value professional business success and personal initiative and responsibility firstly do you agree with this and then secondly why do you value these things and where do you have you acquired these values he is asking this as someone who doesn't have a strong professional drive and doesn't really see much value in career success this is a detriment to themselves professionally but they still find value in it and excellence in other areas of life that they find meaning in. So that's the full query, I guess. Um, oh, yeah. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I guess, first of all, about the mindset thing. Is that something you actually agree with? That we are uh, very focused on those things? On success driven. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would say that we very much... We're like, there's, there's a question sometimes earlier asked is, when you, you do your work is... You make your work your hobby, or hobby your work, and vice versa. Um, and I think that happens to us more because we took what we really love in and work with it more. It doesn't mean all our hobbies are what we work on. It's just sometimes we take some of our hobbies and have worked on them and love them so much, and to the point where they've actually become skills that have been useful in the workplace. Mm. So as part of it, it 
things you really enjoy can become something that you use into into more every day and it actually means that you want to be more successful because you enjoy understanding and learning about it um yeah initial thought of um something it's very it's a small part of why potentially i might want to be more successful or driven by success yeah yeah i reckon our friendship particularly because even in the past, I would say that until I met a group of people who were all thinking about, you know, how, how, what can I do better? You know, how do I make the most out of this and that? Before I met people to talk to about those things, I actually was pretty sort of like a smooth sailor. Like I just sort of followed the tide and yeah, I went with the flow. But then I think I met a group of people in high school. The question <laughs> asker was a part of that group. And, you know, they were interested in, you know, stuff like actually doing well in school and whatnot. And I don't know if it hit a competitive note with me or I guess, I don't know. I just never seen people so motivated to do something. And then that sort of kicked me off. But today I at least see, I guess, the workplace and pretty much any domain I enter as like a battlefield, like a very fun gladiators battlefield (laughs) because... I dramatize it like that because it, it really brings out a fire in me to want to come out on top of more like my own expectations than anyone else's. Um, and so it is a very like internal journey for me, this feeling of, I guess, being quote unquote success motivated or um, career motivated, that mm. kind of thing. And it's sort of an opportunity to, to make sure that I'm learning new things and applying them and basically just making the most of my life because I'll, I'll bring this up later but my own mortality is a really big i guess driver yeah it's like a fundamental thing that keeps keeps me going every day that i need to use every day to the max in in long and short that's yeah. what i think just i agree yeah it's how we grow up i guess it's the same thing maybe definitely no i grew up through so differently not necessarily career driven high school people but struggle in high school meant that when I came out of it, I wanted to do a lot better and mm. wanted to find things I love doing. And oh, it helped that the things I love doing also want to do them more and want to do them better. And so that sort of pushed me towards doing them more often. And work is part of that as well. Do you have any thoughts, Dan? I mean, my main thing with the whole, I know, success-driven thing, like even in even in high school, and, and I went to the same high school as um, Arthur, and my motivation back then was very much not even concerned about career. Um, like, you know, I did quite well in terms of grades, but I did that out of meeting the expectations above me. And that was purely based on, you know, my, my parents setting that. And there's nothing wrong with that. that. That was because they really wanted my success. But that was what their success was. Versus when I went to uni, the actual success that I wanted to gain and that this is where I kind of grew that mentality was when I discovered, well, the right group of people, you might say, um, that showed me like there are different avenues to success that isn't, you know, say finding a getting a getting a job, working that, promoting, getting more income, finding a stable thing, etc. And that's kind of where that mentality for me grew from. Um, I don't know how far into entrepreneurial it will get, but for me, you know, success internally to me is seen as for me just growth. That's kind of the main motivating factor that I live off is that, you know, with every opportunity that's provided, there is some level of growth that I can either achieve for myself or, you know, to other people as well. And 
yeah, that's kind of like, I know what, what's kind of grown. So I do agree with those values, uh, but mine has a bit of a, a, a tweak or mix in terms of like, I see my success defined mostly through like how much I am actually growing um, and how people around me are growing. But that's my valuation of it. Yeah. I generally yeah. do agree. I, interesting, really interesting to hear the, um, the expectations of one's parents driven to you and how it even affects you even to this day and us. I mean, I imagine in subtle ways of you change from what your expectations were, but it does give you a basis of how you act on in high school to a certain degree and to varying degrees of different people. And I know my parents' expectations had some effect on me, that, but then their lack of expectations for some things or willing to let me try things and explore avenues had other effects on me as well that produce me now, I guess. That's mm. who we are. Wow. Two things that come to mind. So one of them, exactly what I find su success is an interesting word, like <laughs> very subjective and maybe in the circles we're in, we're very used to using it, you know, like, a, I don't know, like maybe it's not subjective. It's like we all sort of assume a definition, but it is very subjective dependent on what you want. And so when Dan mentioned something about like, you know, success being defined externally by other, by directive of, of other people around you, I almost experienced the exact opposite where almost like the lack of success criterion from my own family gave me this like sort of this discovery moment when I saw other people trying hard for something and opposite to that mm. I didn't do very well like in school net like just on my <laughs> own right uh, I just kind of was like oh wow like these people are trying hard for something and then they're like trying to figure out ways of doing it repeatedly and like with good amount of oh, quote-unquote success <laughs> and so from then I that's why I defined it to be like this sort of self-competition thing which I mean for better or worse I think says more about who you are than you know what what is a good mentality or whatever because mm. if, if anything I did learn that lately your approach to things or you know your mindset or something sometimes you kind of just have to try and figure out how to work with it more so than listen to all of the gurus talk about how they became millionaires or how they found success in certain ways and trying to like take bits and pieces of that it's even how like, they found peace yeah how, how, how they found peace exactly if peace is your success mm. like all of those things it's it's almost like we've almost thought that you know we can buy and trade these qualities of ourselves when maybe maybe some of these things are like you know, just more natural ways of expressing yourself. And maybe you have to figure out how to how to sort of sit with yourself and how you define success. Because it, it is a very open term, is it not? I mean, it's based on happiness in the sense. Success is sort of real success <laughs> as you get down to it. Reality is the same thing you found happiness. If you want to have it from whatever, it's like when you get down yeah. to it, success yeah. is defined on each person. And the reality is what makes you happy is what makes you successful is because mm. you're happy with what you are. Um, there's some subtle differences between the two, but um, I think sometimes it can success can be simplified such that it can be communicated in an easier way. True. But the the idea that success is defined by many different factors is is yeah, it's it's really important to understand. And often, true success comes from your internal. Mm. self and happiness and yeah but i want to direct i guess 
sort of the conversation towards what he terms business success. So this is very much oh. onto yeah, um, right. everything like in the professional career world. Like, is business success like how do you, how do you I guess measure your business success, and then like how does that relate to your workflow? No, it's just it's just life, you know. It's just part of who you are. You're working for it, right? It's something you do something you enjoy, and therefore you you want to make the most of all your time. If you're, and I mean, obviously the one thing you're doing right there and then doesn't have to be. It's like you you do chores so that you have a nice and clean up your room and stuff like that. And you you know, all this other stuff you cook if you don't to, to like feed you, um, but business success is sort of it's just a version of success it's like it's a way of characterizing a way of measuring your happiness in something it's just you get to define <laughs> what you are successful in business in like your work i mean it's it's, it's just a certain category it doesn't have to be what we drive it's mm. what we enjoy doing i guess is, is really what i'm getting at yeah i mean here's a perspective so well, how how long is it that we spend? So eight hours. There's eight. So so like a third of our living time, almost. Assuming you spend eight hours a day. Yeah, five days a week. So let's seven. like ratchet that down to like even a fifth mm. of your time, of your whole life, twenty percent for working, for business. You could call it. That's a that's a lot of time. To, yes. You know, like when you think about reading books and such, you know. Audible, the creation of like long format allowed people to just access and consume a lot more information very casually. And there were people were able to use a lot of time that previously wasn't useful. And like to me, I see this 20% of working job time as time to also build yourself up and sort of figure out maybe who you are, what drives you, what kind of like gives you that satisfying feeling at the end of the day. What kind of pushes you out of bed? I think those bigger questions about just your your personality or like how what what would contribute to you dying happy ultimately <laughs> is worthwhile trying to you know suss out with this twenty percent of the time that you spend at this so and so called job, right? Mm. And for me, like what I learned about myself particularly um, is like like I mentioned earlier, it's like a gladiator's arena. And there's a sense of like showmanship and it's like a game. I, I, I noticed something about myself that I see a, a lot of things as a game with, <laughs> you know, rules to play by, well, rules to break sometimes. And um, it's just very satisfying to like feel like you're winning at a game or for me to feel like I'm winning at a game. And like, it's just very entertaining sometimes to, to try something and, and have it go a certain way positive or negative long term short term like it's all it's all just a game and and i don't know that's where like the business professional side of things it's just really cool to be able to like spend some skill points on charisma and get better at talking or spend some skill points on attention to detail and do better analysis and then to actually see those things pay off um, is actually a really rewarding part of learning for me and in a way it was like if i'm not going to carry on my curiosity and my like just interest in things beyond uni because because uni was a great place to do that for me like there were all these people to talk to all these things to learn and going into the workplace it was almost like I suddenly just stopped having all of that and I almost kind of like very lucky that I was able to 
keep that framework in my head to to keep the work as uh, like I don't know fulfilling maybe not mm. even the work itself it's just it's just the process of treating it like a game where I try different things and so this is one thing I always say to people is like okay even if my business success makes makes it so that I get paid more or so that I work less hours those those are not the things that I focus on getting I'm focusing on okay did I you know communicate this well mm. or did I work with this team member really effectively things that are just sort of broadly applicable and then the rest of the quote unquote business success came as a bit of like a cherry on top that I just didn't really I was like oh cool this is this is like a little you know some I don't know what it is what's some the recognition xp uh, quest rewards i don't know quest rewards is probably the best one. <laughs> yeah some yeah. loot yeah some loot some sick upgrades and i don't know because of that view on things like that's sort of what motivates my personal initiative and stuff because upgrading yourself yeah 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 right in different ways I and mean, we all we all want to we all learn skills we want to take what we learn and we want to use it so what's the point if you learn something and then you just and then it sits back it feels like, I mean, uni's never wasted the experience. It's amazing. Um, but I learned stuff from there that I enjoy learning about and then also enjoy working with I know, skills and working with people and all that sort of thing. And you want to continue doing that. And so I guess we we want to continue doing that in our work. Um, and we want to continue like learning how to work with people, learn how to work with new technologies um what are you doing all that sort of stuff and like it in, from my perspective learning new things and understanding the way people work and that stuff makes me happy and makes me interested makes me very curious about sort of how personal relationships works how different contexts affect um design or how, how different contexts of people affect how they approach problems or how they work with each other is mm. super interesting to me and kind of like mapping out those sort of relationships and trying to understand them in my own head. Um, again, <laughs> to use it from a slightly different analogy of it's not a gladiator arena for me, It's but it's still a game. It's still more of a, like Factorio. Uh, <laughs> Optimization. For, not, not, not an optim more of a logistics problem in your head where you try and mapping out and like setting up connections and setting up resources and flows of ideas and design and creation so that this person relies on their and and so off it's still a game but it's so different it's almost a different way of looking at it mm. but it's that leveling up of um, understanding and understanding, like oh this is a new tool that can be used to make a connection here or create this thing or do something those lines. yeah and that's where the tie kind of comes in um between like business success and like personal success because what you end up finding is that a lot of these soft skills, we'll call them, that you grow <laughs> up as you go. Um, Personal skills. And like the success that you find in, in gaining those, those skills end up being in the long run much more valuable than say like, oh, I, I got you know an extra, say, 5K for my income. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's, these, it's these more subtle opportunities of like, oh, I actually got to talk with like someone really high up and actually have a chance to grow, say, my presentation skills. Which on the surface might seem like, yeah, but you're just presenting something. Um, the, the amount of experience you get off that ends up being a huge success later when you present something else that becomes much, I don't know, 
better presented. I don't know. Well, when you have another <laughs> when you have a cool idea that you wanted to present to your manager, or you have some thing that you've talked, you know, you now know which people to talk to to understand like whether it fits within the business needs or actually whether it's received rightly, and you can actually form the discussion such that you know that your idea is going to work, and then now you know exactly what to present to. The, and and who to present it to because you've formed the skills and understand how to form the relationships with the people. To bring it to something really funny is something <laughs> yeah. as mundane as trying to suggest what meal to cook for the week. <laughs> so at our in our household, we cook meals for the whole week. We do like this big cooking. It's like forty yeah. meals it's worth of putting. It's great. I mean, it saves a lot of money and saves a lot of time and headache. And we work together like a family unit. Um, something I appreciate about, you know, the moving out. I want to sprinkle little updates throughout mm. the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so something as simple as like, yeah, proposing what to even buy as like the specific ingredient. Not even not even what to cook. It's like, mm. all right, what kind of oil are we going to buy? You know, <laughs> like being able to win people over and, and do whatever. Like, Just how to work with people. Yeah. And it becomes like, it doesn't become like this this weird like active skill where you're always switched on and trying to you know win and convince and present or whatever but i guess pushing yourself to learn or do these new random things at work gave me the ability to to also express myself better in front of these you know other people and so rather than create like a meaningless conflict where we're just sort of tossing an idea back and forth and not really listening to each other or problem solving mm. we came to a resolution pretty quickly taking into account people's preferences or whatever on on what to cook and what to buy and so like in in a sense i think like even mundane things where you don't even feel like you're trying like you shouldn't have to feel like you're trying no. to be honest you know that's the no. whole point of, of what we're sort of bringing up well one other thing i thought was interesting about the question was that they sort of see other areas of life that also give them value hmm. you know what i mean and and not necessarily like following this professional um you know career specific uh success i suppose but success in other aspects of life and i thought that statement was pretty interesting because i maybe what we all um are getting at is like this is our approach to everything hmm it might it might just be that the approach is this to literally everything, whether it's yeah. a hobby or yeah. work or relationships. It's like this for me, bit of self competition, bit of you know, just natural yeah. you know, the the things that make you tick, I suppose, for each of us is what we bring into everything we do. And I don't wanna make it sound like, oh, you have to be a workaholic and try and maximize the success <laughs> of everything. I'm trying to say that like we found what we as people with personalities, different personalities feel enriching something where like at the end of the day, you go to sleep and you're just like, no matter what you did, whether it's working or socializing or doing something on your own or whatever, mm. whatever part of life you're talking about, it was all something that makes you a little bit happy on the inside. And then you're just like, cool, I could, I could probably be killed in my sleep and, and I'd be completely <laughs> fine with that. That's At that's my an extreme uh, way of putting it, but there's definitely an aspect of correct of uh, the understanding of how our context sort of drives how we approach business and how we approach sort of working, um, but it also how we approach everything in life. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, how did how did how do we get this? I don't know. 
if we talked much about that because we've talked briefly about the whole high school stuff and okay the background behind that but like i don't know is there a specific i mean you're you've you've stated your moment often where that like clicked but which was when the, it, there's there's also more like psych- yeah i keep bringing up mortality like mm. i keep bringing up the fact that you don't have all the time in the world here there's a lot of frameworks that try and grapple with that. I think like religion offers quite a few good ones. But for me, I mean, even as a kid learning about the fact that you'll die and you don't have much time did come from a religious upbringing. But it wasn't for quite a long time that I sort of reconciled that against my own like little world model in my head of what I valued and what I, how I wanted to approach things. And then so the fact that like I literally could wake up tomorrow with some terminal disease or something like that, you know, maybe go, okay, it, it means that I have to sort of be happy and satisfied with whatever happens in, in a given day. So that's one part of it. The other part of it is also equally big in that I think the human potential, like for you as a person and me as an individual person is pretty significant. And that like, we don't give ourselves enough credit to really reach for the stars and beyond. And that's something I personally would like to do in my lifetime. I know it's not, mm. you know, uh, everybody's cup of tea. And there's a there's a noble sense of just doing the best you can as, as an individual. Um, but that's just something I know I want to do in my lifetime. Is to, like, collectively bring people together in some form, whether it's a cult or a company. <laughs> and... <laughs> And uh, use all the skills, all the upgrades I've accumulated to, to the maximum outcome and and really, you know, do something with it. Because mm. that, that's sort of like, I don't know, a game above the game almost that I would like to reach. Bring people together who are similarly thought that make effect. Yeah. Change that you, that you think is best for the world. Okay. So there's two things. One of them is that I could die and the other one... I want to do something greater, I guess. Bigger. Impactful. Bigger than yourself, I guess. Yeah, bigger than myself. That's yeah. exactly it. I think that bigger than ourselves thing is definitely shared. Is there only something I said to myself of, I want to... Because when I was younger, I was like, if there's any opportunity that I could take that would, uh, that would sort of, I don't know, like an ex- something exciting, something amazing, I said to myself I wouldn't shy away from it. And, and make every effort to go towards that and whatever that form takes is whatever it is but it's definitely that be part of something bigger than yourself as a part of it and definitely part of it. and one of the ways to describe sort of one of the context behind who i am <laughs> and why i see value in um, working to work better in mm. some way to make my life happier I might add as a small thing. I don't think I've. I don't think I, or we all have the perfect answer as to how to be happier with how you work. And there's always challenges, but I think part of it, seeing that success is so looking for it, is because it makes us happy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, my main propellant was just actually probably one of the one of the biggest propellants I've ever had um, with this kind of stuff is actually. Um, being able to help like people uh and this this comes back to like well for me my exact period of time was actually when i was like so i was at like uni you know teaching or tutoring courses um through the university and like 
I mention this a lot, um, a lot of the times, but the most impactful thing I found wasn't actually like, oh, like you've actually run a class and, you know, the, the students come out, you know, all happy. And that's like, oh, that's, that's generally a pleasant thing. And, you know, a lot of students at the end of the class will, will come and I'll be like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then just walk out the door. And that's usually a pretty good indication that, you know, the class ran decently. But the actual thing that, I know, made, made me really want to push um, and work really hard to deliver was the one or two students that would actually come to me at the end of the year or the end of the term rather and, and actually come and say, hey, like, you actually did a really good job. Like, you actually made an impact on how I see my studies and how I should really push myself and changed how I really value things. And that level of change in someone was something that I can't actually recreate very often. And that's, that's for me is, well, one of my mm. huge motivators. It's not been something I've been able to achieve very much since, completely honest, but it is something that I strive to be able to achieve at some point. You know, whether that impact is on myself as well, that, that is obviously going to happen, like something that is happening. But the bigger part of that for me is actually seeing that impact from other people and making time valuable for everyone, I guess, and to make experiences memorable. So that's kind of my greater value, I guess, towards that <laughs> success, uh, motivating factor. And yeah, my main sort of, I guess, where I got it from was off, well, actually having made an impact to people and having people actually remember me um, and the impact that I was able to make on their personal lives. So yeah, I don't know. That's my main value for that. But that value there is, is like, it's almost part of why we started this, this, this next episode is that we had some people come talk to us and we chatted with them about our previous topics and like we had an effect on people <laughs> and sure. I don't, I don't speak to we have great effect or anything. It's just even having a small effect can be, yeah, like, nice and like increase your drive towards doing things i mean i find it interesting because i like just the idea of being able to talk i see i see this as actually just an opportunity to s structure a bit of talk because you know half the time when like we're really tired you know it doesn't really feel in the mood and then we just talk about random stuff right but then i do like the sort of on the presence of um i don't know the microphone able yeah <laughs> but not like the opportunity to like sit down for like two hours and actually talk about like i guess a different nature of things that doesn't come as often nowadays so that's actually my main motivation behind podcasts but i can see the whole impacts that like you know and the whole reason we actually are continuing this is because well people actually enjoy it and that enjoyment alone is like already like valuable as it stands but then that that hits on to the rest of our life so the what food should we cook for the week because we, people actually enjoy the food that sometimes we cook yeah. and we look for nice ones and why do you push you towards better business because people actually enjoy like that little bit of like you have an effect on people by the work you do and you, you like do something that you consider good or valuable and that was, yeah and again that's the value that sort of drives sort of yeah. what makes us happy and what well, drives I mean, us more for professionals just because mm. of that. I mean, even on a personal sense, you just thank yourself for the decisions you make. Like, Well, when it's an you... interesting way of putting that. But I think I, I couldn't agree more because actually to keep the 
like general advice very applicable to people i think it's just to sort of listen to your like really really like the deepest part of you heart inside of you kind of <laughs> feeling you know and then like That's if it feels good you know really really good to have done that thing then maybe like listen to yourself a little bit rather than the external pressures of what you mm. should be doing and then try and bring that into every part of life i feel like you can't go wrong mm. if something makes you feel like a little kid inside yeah it makes you feel happy or yeah like bubbling or moving about or excited or you know it's, it's like valuable go searching for it yeah because i mean really like to to be crystal clear nobody's gonna get any value from doing exactly what we've said here you know i i don't think you will really follow any instructions and become truly happy because or successful if you want to call it that and it really is like everyone's individual journey and so i mean you can sort of take what we had what we say in bits and pieces and try and apply it almost like adding pieces to your puzzle but you know at the end of the day if you want to complete the puzzle you're gonna probably all so of us are different loop, really you're yeah <laughs> that, yeah well it's we're all different contexts and i guess that's, exactly. that's part of the whole thing is to hear how different contexts yeah. come together and yeah absolutely. focus on like, values yeah so hopefully hopefully this, this old mate figures it out and uh you know writes back to us and <laughs> give us some a little update every now and then that would actually be pretty nice so. conversations are fun yeah, yeah absolutely and and for those people out there as well i mean we really like um hearing the feedback and the mm. questions so keep them coming mm. um yeah yeah, sorry, it has been like four months or so. So, <laughs> so we had a still reply back to us. <laughs> true, uh, true. We have some few uh, comments, questions. Yeah, um, we're just looking for our whole list of like random backlog stuff. Um, Cue sound of birds, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so. We were looking through our, like, random topics, and, I mean, for those of you who don't know, we come up with these by just, like, random thoughts throughout the week, and then yeah. there's a backlog that we just sort of re- just gloss over and, and use that to spark discussion. So, we're really not prepared with any of these. Um, they're just sort of random thoughts. One of them was written as, quote, do I simply want to win, or do I actually want to make an impact by solving the problem? And the way it's written makes me think I wrote this. <laughs> so that's why I'm introducing it. And um, really the concept here is in my world model, in my head, as you've just heard me talk about it, it's like this game that I can, that I can win and self-competition is a pretty big part of that. And I use that to motivate myself to do a lot of things. Those things can be negative things, maybe Maybe it's not good to joke about negative things, but this thing could be negative things like uh, out drinking all my friends at a party, or it could be positive things like solving world hunger. But I think it touches on a little bit of what Daniel and I have talked about in the past where altruism, it's like, do you really do it to help people or do you do it because it makes you feel good? <laughs> and do you feel good by helping people? And where is the, you know, yeah. the, the chicken or the egg problem? And there's a really 
there's probably a huge body of knowledge in actual psychology about this kind of stuff. But to, to bring it back to the, the original quote thing is that I, I, because I make a lot of things out like it's a game, I really like, I love the feeling of, of winning and, and, you know, I set my own win condition in that sense. So if I making, if I'm making a meal and I make it to absolute perfection, exquisite, just like amazing. And I've been able to execute things with skill and precision um, and I'm eating that meal, I actually feel like on top of the world amounts of, of high. I guess I could contrast that with, I don't know, what would even be solving the problem with cooking? Learning a skill? No. That's not really a good example, is it? It's not really solving no, the problem. It's how you approach things when winning. We can talk about other things where, because you don't necessarily solve the thing by just solving the problem. Is your winning is the win condition. Your down is very much solving the problem by the impact it has. It is less and far less about winning. I mean, referencing what you talked earlier. Yeah, right? I mean, my analogy when it comes to this whole winning versus solving the actual problem is, um, and again, my best example is still teaching. So, face palm. I have to keep mentioning it. Um, but you know, like the the duality of the whole gratitude, not gratitude, the altruism thing that I've mentioned, um, is actually very ingrained in, in this kind of problem because you know, actually solving the problem would be to change your teaching style in a way that adapts to different students and ensures that they still learn. Do I see that as a win immediately? Not really. Um, even though, you know, that actual impact is definitely prominent in the students because they see the content or they see me teaching or they see something that I've produced or provided to actually benefit their learning in some way. But the winning in my mind i guess isn't one at least for me and this is part of like the whole altruism thing is the idea that unless there is some level of gratification and that gratification can be provided by myself um, but for me personally it's also half important that it's provided externally is the main way that i kind of see whether that impact is actually there or not and so when, when you, when I talk about, you know, do I actually win something to me, that is actually, you know, having someone express or have some sort of visible way of actually visualizing the impact. Cause especially in like online learning, especially, um, that is very much not a visible thing. Like you don't really mm -hmm. see the impact like, yeah, students might perform better, but that could be, you know, based on a variety of different factors that you aren't really able to capture. Whereas the gratification brought by students saying thank you something as simple as that is a sort of direct confirmation i don't know to the work that i've done and that is when i actually feel like a win and for me that's actually maybe not the best thing but that's kind of what i go for is actually seeing people satisfied and then seeing the gratification after that not entirely because obviously as, as i say gratification is something that you should reward yourself and that's something i want to talk about soon but that's kind of where i actually value winning in a sense when you talk about like personal values but mm. yeah that's my perspective on that whole but there's yeah and yeah so I, I guess in what i even even just trying to direct conversation is we can see there's quite a significant difference i see this between uh, the way we talk but I, I provide a context of at least from my perspective as, as sort of the idea is how we approach 
any topic or any discussion is how you bring your own context to it. And from what I see is of like, from the way I approach things can have, I think, bits of either way um, where you can, you have like a, a, a problem, a technical problem. So you're coding, you're trying to create something that solves a determined, defined problem, or you're trying to discover whether an issue is a problem or you're basically researching on, you know, so on and so forth. Um, and that's very much a self-directed, I am excited by what I learned by, from all these things. You don't necessarily have an impact on others. It's almost your own personal benefit out of it. On the other hand, sometimes you, I guess, referencing to work is you're um, building a, uh, you're working with other team members, other people around the business to sort of produce something and uh, that's more about you see the impact like you're you're communicating with all these people and asking them questions and seeing sort of the impact it has on their work or on the people that like maybe the client you're working for or the product you're creating or something like that and how that has effect on people and so I think you can approach life from both ways or you can have a mix of it this is almost how we describe it in all three of us. Oh my god! I like to right. have a mix, and that's that's where was... that's where I brought almost brought up the topic of is, is the fact that we have you can have such a range of it, and very much something like solving a problem, like coding or something, is almost yeah is absolutely to me like a game and like setting out all the things and structuring them as I've talked earlier. But there's something also very satisfying about being able to provide a solution to someone else's problem or being able to see how someone is happier or mm. how you've yeah yeah solved things in that way well i'm um, from that it made me think of like the question then becomes do you do it for yourself or do you do it for others and as ed said obviously there's like a spectrum mm. you know of a mixture well the answer it's, is yes you do <laughs> for both yeah. <laughs> yeah and and you you, you, you know there's a certain mixture of it you swing one way or another way or completely in one direction completely mm. in the other and maybe it says more, the question reveals more about yourself, which is kind of like interesting. And I'd, mm. hope, I'd hope that more people ask themselves questions like this to understand themselves, because I think that like sort of being honest with yourself, regardless of what people or society or, you know, your peers lead you to think is, is the virtuous thing, the good thing. Or what, the, yeah, the, what you should be. Yeah. Because the virtuous thing is to always do it for other people, is it not? That. I, I can't yeah. I can't imagine. I mean the fact that we one pauses on it even is can be a bit like, <laughs> obviously your your different contexts define how you work on it, but like True. the absolute thing of you do it for you you're completely subservient to everyone is I don't know, maybe it's a bring up of Christian backgrounds, but um oh. and other religious backgrounds is definitely what drives that idea. I mean, reality is there's there's more to it than just mm. Well, I contrast to that because it's like when I sort of ignored what I should be and sort of just honest with myself, mm. the way I'd explain it is like, of course, the fundamental, the, the underlying fundamental feeling for me is, okay, you, you want to do it for other people and that's a positive thing and that motivates me. So it motivates me, let's say this much, but, and I'm holding my hands up here like a bar. Um, it motivates me so this amount, but the feeling of 
winning my own game and sort of showing myself that yes, I can do it in a very self-serving way makes me try even harder or on, on top, top of, of that. Yeah. yeah. So it is a mixture of the two. But when I realize it makes me try harder, I almost feed into that more, uh, the self-serving side, because I know that the overall outcome is going to be good for other people still. Mm. And if I'm working harder to do that, then there's sort of, it's not a win, it's not a win-lose or anything like that. It's like the other people are benefiting and I'm internally benefiting a lot Mm. because I don't know, pleasing myself and that kind of thing. Mm, Satisfaction. Yeah. 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 And then when I was very honest with myself about that, I just found it a lot easier to sort of like take advantage of how I think to, mm. to sort of get better outcomes in anything. E- even if it's um, talking to people, I realize if I make a little game out of it, I, I tend to, you know, want to... Want to talk to people, yeah. want to form relationships. Exactly. And, and I'm a fairly extroverted person by default anyway, mm. but um, this brought like some new perspective to that, mm. to that part. So, mm, ask yourself the question. <laughs> Let us know how it goes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, nice and neat topic, actually. Yeah. I mean, bridging onto what I, was, what I said I would talk about is actually related to actually a pretty quick video that I watched. Like, I wanted to follow on because I, I was mentioning before how the whole winning side of things, at least atta- tackling... Uh, what I actually see as a problem of altruism is the, I guess, the over-dependence on external gratification. And I watched a pretty interesting video that kind of flipped my mind on it. I, it hasn't been fully successful yet, but it's actually, I've already like applied it a lot and it's actually helped to um, tackle more internal issues. But that's related to the idea of in order to battle, you know, gratitude it's not about actually reducing how much gratitude you require because that isn't necessarily the solution but the solution is that the gratitude isn't necessarily provided by others so the video which i'm pretty sure a lot of people have watched it because it's by kurt Sakar, if i can pronounce that correctly there you go but the the whole idea there is actually about gratitude towards yourself is the is the the core idea there and for a long time, that's never been something that I've been raised with, actually. So, you know, looking back, um, especially with how, one, our education system is done, and two, just how I was generally just raised in a, in a, in a more cultural perspective. The idea that everything that your success is defined on is based on external metrics. So whether that's someone telling you, wow, that was actually like you actually did well, or whether that was like say an examination or assignment that you got a good grade for and there's like a good happy comment from the teacher. There's a difference there because, you know, in, 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 especially like, I know where we live in, I find that that's quite prominent where external gratification is something that is highly valued. But I think for a lot of people, the problem is that, well, a lot of people face problems where internal gratitude is not something that's rewarded. And I think, you know, that's to not their own fault, of course, right? As it wasn't for me, right? But it's more just the case of the way that we've been raised has not necessarily been about that. And obviously, I'm speaking on behalf of someone that, one, raised without new religion, um, was raised in Australia. So obviously, different cultures have different perspectives. But having said that, that was how I was kind of raised. And so that's why this video was interesting, because um, the idea that 
you know, I was surprised that a lot of people don't actually, I don't know, gratify themselves enough. And I don't know why, like, that isn't the case. Like, why that isn't something that's taught to people at all. But I don't know. Often feels like I want to say something. I just sat up in my seat very straight. As Daniel said, I don't know why that is not taught to people. Hmm. There are many things that are not taught to people that they should know. I'm not going to go on a massive rant about society as I usually do. But, you know, like, there is just so so much basic, like, what I call basic and it's fundamental because it really is like a foundation for how you behave, how you frame your inner self-talk and whatever, just live life. That, that you know people should know and it's teachable stuff is it not and so i mean this is as one of those things for sure among many other things people can actually practice maybe if they don't agree with it sure but they can at least be exposed to it i i come from a like i don't know where i come from to be honest but i i know for me um this whole self-gratitude thing self like like i don't know borderline self-centered you know, view, world model, really like, I don't know, like I talk about self-competition a lot. I think of myself as, as, as pretty damn good at what I do a lot of the time. And um, I, I I go, holy crap, I made that fried rice really, really well. Or really I've, happy. yeah, or like I chose my outfit really, really well. And that, that makes me personally internally happy. <laughs> and, and the self-gratitude thing has just always been a given naturally, maybe. And that's not to say that I have no negative self-talk, but the positive mm. self-talk is there just as often, you know, mm. whereas I feel like maybe, of course, here in Australia, there is the concept of the tall poppy syndrome, actually. Mm. And I don't I don't know what other parts of the world call that for themselves, because I, I don't think it's like, you know, exclusive to where you are. That makes no sense. It's a it's just a way of thinking. It shouldn't relate to a place and a, and a history. So surely it occurs everywhere. But we, we, it's sort of kind of talked about here in Australia as with the po- tall poppy syndrome, where you don't want to be the tall poppy, so a poppy's a flower. You don't want to be the tall one out that sticks out and goes against the grain or is easily noticed or um, because because that's the one that tends to you know, get in trouble or get chopped up, exactly. Mm. So you want to look like everyone and, and try and be part of the homogenous crowd so that... I think that happens to varying degrees around the world. Of course, yeah. And it's it's more of a, like a concept as to how we view certain general behaviours, whether it exists or not, it's up to whoever looks at it. But yeah. Definitely the concept is there. And and the way that materializes is how is, is how we think of ourselves as mm. oh, you know, that wasn't that good or you know, I could I could always compare myself to someone who did it better. Yes. Or, you know, all of those things and I don't know, maybe maybe it's been very fortunate to have people around me who like sort of also fight those thoughts with other things mm-hmm. for for instance something really insightful that i'd learned in the past year was that you are sort of your own person like uh, to, to make that less cliche sounding you had all these crazy experiences happen to you you are the only person those things have happened to in that, that specific way in that specific way in that context and whatever you're doing in life whatever you're up to you're the only person who is doing that specific thing you're doing. Like you're the only person who's seeing the world through your own eyes. So, yep. so it's almost like you kind of have to own 
everything you do and thank yourself for the good stuff. And mm. it's just sort of like, what's the point of getting caught up in, in the, the sort of what I could do better. And, you know, <laughs> it's like, I feel like those things are roadblocks mentally speaking mm. and thanking yourself is like sort of like a good weapon to, to get over those things actually, which is why recognize the effort you actually did put in or the change you did make or yeah that actually happens even if it did take like suffering and challenge and yeah yeah thing it's like it actually changed you yeah, absolutely actually got something out of it and something something equally funny that i, I i'm in an interactive mood today so <clears> if <throat> you're listening to this you should go listen to the song called i'm it by kota banks and it's a pretty funny song of like self-respect going crazy and i don't know i think it's very funny to listen to it because it's almost like i I personally enjoy satire and and you know when someone's borderline narcissistic it's maybe maybe a little bit of just funny of too much self-respect going on or whatever but um it gives you more content more more perspective and allows you to sort of see more more into sort of what drives one person to be that the satire sort of you don't just see this is a bad thing, nor you see the, the like why it's there or the this is someone this is taking this like concept which if you saw it in just in its normal state that's not extreme, you won't necessarily see it as sort of the effects or for what it is until you take it to satire, which like takes it further. You're yeah. like ah, yeah. now I understand that like the problems with it or the yeah. issues. Something like those lines. I, and I really don't think there's anything wrong with like looking at yourself in the mirror and being like, I really like who I see. And, you know, this it's like being comfortable in your own skin. Mm. And just, I guess, I guess it's like the next level of thanking yourself because now you're like, I don't know, you're, you're just like very comfortable with yourself mm. where it'll, it all becomes second nature and it's no longer like, you know, like a, like a, I guess a conscious act because I remember mm-hmm. mindfulness was pretty big for a while mm. and in high school when I read about it it was very much like oh yeah make sure to pick out something you did today that was you know you're you're sort of thankful to yourself for happening or making happen or you know practicing gratefulness to other people as well you know like oh who, you know what did what did someone do for you I mean those that those are really nice practices yeah and I I, I really like the idea of actually when you're talking about like looking in the mirror because the whole issue that I at least see is that a lot of people make comparisons to other people and not just in a healthy competitive sense but in a more like negative way where like you're now evaluating say your performance against someone else and suddenly your underperformance comparative to someone else undervalues your own work because there is a direct you know, objective or numerical comparison that you're making to be like, hey, this person is doing better than me, therefore I am not doing well. And that's kind of the issue that I take with at least the framework that we've kind of grown up in, in this whole, you know, you're competing against, like, especially uh, when we when we started, what was it, year 12, and like we got told like, you are competing with everyone else in your grade. And hmm. even though like... Um, teachers didn't mean it as seriously as they probably put it it still ended up making a huge impact because i think that just reflects the greater mentality that you know in the end like 
a lot of people, maybe this is just from my own perspective, but always make a lot of comparisons. And that's what actually denies self-gratitude is that you're not appreciative of any effort that you've done because your reference is, you know, something that's always higher, not someone that's, you know, on your level or lower mm. or yourself, more importantly. So I think that's kind of like, yeah, something that's been huge, a huge tool uh, in my in my kit. Um, more recently acquired, I guess. Um, but that's yeah, that speaks to the, uh, the the to the kind of the issues with year twelve and and where we are around what we call the HSE. But that speaks to the it actually has, is almost a competition in some sense. Your mark gets scaled based on how well you do compared to the rest of that year of like the whole state, and that really doesn't do well for a mental perspective of sort of you're forced to compare yourself you're forced to be put on a scale visibly and that defines your future and so i mean yeah we can get into a whole deep problem of what the issues with that is but the reality is if you can escape that from your if you can escape it and find your own direction around that that's kind of what gratitude is is self-thought okay oh two things maybe again as usual one is the only person you're really in control of is yourself you know <laughs> i hear that a lot lately and i agree so how do you how do you fight an external world like an external facing world model you can't like mm. you just that's setting yourself up to fail right mm. pragmatically speaking and then two bit of tinfoil hat theory here so okay all right we look around and i think comparing yourself to others has just been on a constant rise. Don't want to call out on capitalism or anything like that, but I mean, <laughs> yes. Um, class, like literally class divide, um, signaling, those, all of those things are done through, through you know, purchase and, and, and accumulation of, of whatever it is, wealth, power, resource, anything. They aren't the same thing, though. What? They aren't like classism and capitalism. No, 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 but but they I mean can, they all grew together, linked together, but 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 the same thing. Cl- class, if you if you think about, oh, I'm gonna take this part, but the concept of like separating between classes and there being a distinction of like what gets you from one into the next hmm. has 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 become very tightly linked with the purchase of specific types of goods. Oh, it's right? more of an effect of purchasing specific. Yeah, yeah types but of th- they're tightly related. Like they're very closely, you know, they've become synonymous almost. Mm. When when one thing happens, the other thing happens. When I buy a nicer car, people now think I'm a little bit yeah, more well yeah, off, yeah. right? Even if I'm not, even if it's loaned, even if I'm yeah. putting myself yeah, in debt yeah, to have yeah. a nice car, right? So all the mechanics aside, yeah. comparison, comparing ourselves to other people and the person who's got it better, like is a very natural to the way your human mind thinks in my opinion Mm. i'm no psychological expert but i'm pretty sure we like to compare ourselves and say the grass is greener on the other side and and b um the incentive to like consume more to improve our own lives the whole free market theory of everybody's in it for themselves and trying to you know do better is going to be better for everyone sort of like all of that is pushing us to just compare more between ourselves find more things to compare with each other for and technology, all of the things we've built help us to compare it to each other more. 
and some of it. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. a lot of it, I think, in my opinion. And and I don't know, it's it's like it's not going to go away on its own. I think I think people will go too far down one end, realize that the comparison is not doing themselves any good, and they decide, okay, maybe I should find another way to derive self-value, mm. you know? And I mean, I, I was very fortunate to have people to tell me that as well. Mm. Like you can't control what other people are showing up around you. You can only control how you value yourself. So it's like, you better you probably should think about that. <laughs> and and when I did think about that, it gave me like a very, uh, I don't know, more, more concrete feeling of when I tried to go out and pursue what I thought was valuable because I'd always felt a bit of insecurity of like, oh, but what, I know that what I want isn't what most people want. And if I stick out against the grain, then, then you know, that might not be so good. And, and I mean, that played into it a little bit. Mm. So I feel like, once again, if you like sort of interrogate yourself, mm. I, th- I think people will find the same thing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I actually will just maybe maybe contradict myself a tiny bit here. Like, competition isn't actually the worst thing in my eyes. Like, I've, I've maybe portrayed it in not the best light by saying it is a it is a blocker to this whole self-gratitude thing in the sense that when you're, you know, competing, that's where you set your framework. But also, there, like, the way I like to approach it is to think that, like, competition is a, something you just need to understand and, like, interpret in the right way such that it doesn't become the main focus. Because it shouldn't be. But it should definitely be something that's present because, I mean, as Arpin said, there's like a almost biological link to like how, you know, even just as animals compete in the real world for survival, right? So very naturally humans would do something similar. Maybe I'm com- saying maybe that's what, completely well, wrong. Well, no, maybe that's what brought up to where we are as a state, not necessarily where it should yeah, be. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. All right. That's it. No, that's good. Okay. So. And with that... Um, hopefully we'll actually be making more of these more often mm-hmm. because they're actually pretty fun and yeah. we'll, we'll find an excuse to, to do it more among the busyness of our new lives. And I feel like they are quite new. So that's what's exciting about it all. Mm. Exciting that we can stick a mic to a, a coffee table and sit on a couch. An and a no Gucci coffee just, table. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, I'm just talking to a mic and... Actually, yeah. I hope the audio is good. I don't know if you know it's fine. Be good. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. I guess we'll see when we make another one. Hopefully soon. Very soon. Yeah, it'll be right. Cool. Bye.